and welcome to XM Cinema. I'm your host, Xavier Mustafa, and today we are talking about the premiere episode of the greatest show on TV, in my opinion, Big Brother 22, which is also Big Brother's All-Stars 2, if you're counting. So, before we get into this episode, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. Also, follow all my social medias at XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And I do live tweet during the Big Brother episodes on Twitter and on Facebook. So, you definitely want to make sure you follow me there and be part of the conversation. So, let's get into the episode. Brand new house. Brand new set for Julie Chen Moonves. Um, and brand new logo. So those are the first couple of things that I noticed right away um, that I thought were pretty cool because I'm, 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 I'm already going to enjoy the show anyway because it's Big Brother. But to be able to enjoy it visually, seeing all this all this new stuff after all these years, like really, really, really got me excited. So um, they had talked about how they were not going to announce the cast to each other. Or to the fans until finale, uh, finale night, until premiere night. So we're learning who's in the house just as they are learning who's. Well, probably not just as they probably know like a couple of minutes beforehand because what they do is they put everybody in groups of four. So before we talk about who's actually in the house, let's talk about not not. Let's talk about who is not in the house, which is Josh Martinez and Casey. Forgot her last name, but. These two are not in the house, and they were big rumors to be there. Um, and rumor has it that they both tested positive for COVID, COVID-19. Now, Josh went on the record to say, hey, guys, I know there's all these rumors going around, but I am healthy. Well, we come to find out, as TMZ has reported today as I'm recording this, that Josh was one of the people. However, it wasn't as you know cut and dry as everybody thought. Apparently, when he first got there to quarantine, because they quarantined the entire um, cast and crew of the show, the Big Brother bubble, if you will, Josh tested positive. However, every test after that, he tested negative. But Big Brother and probably CBS didn't want to run the risk of him affecting the entire household if for some reason he did have covid so I guess I kind of understand them erring on the side of caution. But it will be great to see Josh mixing it up with some of the characters that are in the house. Because I already know that if he's in the house, there is one person that's going to be his Achilles heel. There's one person that's going to be his Wes. There is one person that is going to be Wes, and that would be, not trying to spoil anything, but that will be Tyler. I think him and Tyler would not get along I think him and Tyler will be like oil and water. And I think that is just a recipe for great television. So I know I kind of spoiled it. Tyler's in the house. So I hope you watch the episode before you watch this. But in any event. So yeah, Josh is not in the house. So apparently what they did is they, of course, invited more house guests than they actually planned to put on the show. Um, you know, just in case. So, you know, they'll have backup. So... From what TMZ was reporting, that Josh was the only person that got basically kicked out because of COVID. Alrighty, so enough about Josh. Let's talk about the premiere and how this went. 
So the episode was broken down uh, into a couple of segments where the first couple of segments were introducing who are the house guests, and they did this in groups of four. And so the group of four would be introduced. They would go into the house where they would basically immediately play a competition. The winners of these competitions will go on to a head of household, the first head of household competition of the season that we'll play at the end of the show. So the first four we get is Christmas Abbott, Devon Rogers, Danny Donato, and Nicole Franzel. So out of these four, the one that I don't care for is Nicole Franzel. Nicole Franzel was part of a lot of drama on Twitter, uh, basically because it was rumored that she was snitching on people who were potentially in pregame alliances. Uh, some of the people have come out and said that that is not true. That never happened. But apparently, Nicole Frenzel has a lot of heat with people. Uh, there was another past castmate, I can't remember his name, that was uh, <laughs> saying that, um, I don't know if he was basically saying she was evil or something, but there was like, she's put a hex on the game, and that's why she's in it. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so we get, you know, her little video, and, you know, she's with uh, Victor now. They're engaged. They're in the process of, uh, you know, getting married. Um, right now, I guess Victor is the one that's staying at home and doing the wedding planning. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to talk about her too long because she is not one of my favorite characters. I don't think she's going to do well this season. Um but she probably will because she's good at being a floater. So, we'll see. Danny Donato, she is the daughter of Evil Dick Donato. Uh, we know that Evil is not a nice guy in real life. Um, and apparently, uh, so much so that Danny Donato still does not talk to her dad, even after the events of Big Brother. I think somebody said that um, Evil Dick had tweeted that he has not talked to her in like five years. So I think she's a good player. Um, I think she has what it takes to potentially win this season. I think she's going to go in and she's going to get into the right alliances and make the best of it. The next, you know, uh, next thing you know, the next we have Devon Rogers. And Devon said it herself, she needs to shut her mouth because we all know that her mouth gets her in trouble all the time. But. I've uh, seen her grow through the challenge, MTV's The Challenge, and her time on Big Brother. I think maybe right now she has the uh, a good mindset to be able to go in there and potentially win. She's not going to be the challenge beast. That's never really been her style. But I think if she controls herself, controls her emotions, she could be a great... Um, I don't want to say she's a strategic player, but she'll be a great social player. Um, so, yeah. So, that's my thoughts on Devon. Christmas, I'm so-so on Christmas because overall, she was very good at challenges. But she was also kind of dragged along in her season. So, I don't know if that was good gameplay on her part. Because she wanted to let Paul go ahead and get the blood on, on uh, his hands. But uh, she didn't really do it for me towards the end. But I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what she's going to do. I'm glad that she has a second chance. So 
they go into the house, and the way the competition is is they have to locate a certain item in the house, which is usually some type of like small statue. So they have to find where that is. Then they have to go back to the backyard where there's a giant uh, maze in front of them. One of those ones that, you know, you have to move the table to make the ball move and you have to get it into a certain hole. Each hole represents a different part of the house. So wherever you saw that statue, you had to get the ball into the hole corresponding to that um, location. Now, there is some rumors going around that there was some production chicanery because they did four girls, four guys, four girls, and then four guys. And both of the guy heats, the ball did not have to go as far on the mazes as with the ladies. So, I I really don't think that's a production... Uh, I don't want to say that's them rigging the game. I think that was just overlooked. I'm going to chop that up to them just overlooking that. I'm not going to say any type of chicanery is going on. I mean, it possibly could, but I don't don't think there is. I think this was just overlooked. I think what they really should have did, I don't understand why they had it girl, guy, girl, guy, when they could have just mixed them up and had two guys and two girls in every heat. Like, they could have saved themselves so much trouble, but I digress. This competition also had a time limit. So, if nobody got it done within that time limit, nobody advanced to the HOA's competition at the end of the show. However, if all of them get to, or the first two that get it done uh, in the time limit gets to go on. Well, this one, Christmas, was the only one to finish before the time limit. So, everybody else, of course, is eliminated. So what they do is they take those four, they put them somewhere because they don't get to meet the other house guests yet. So the next four up, we have Enzo Palumbo, Kevin Campbell, Ian Terry, and Tyler Crispin. And you guys should know from my preview episodes that I'm not a fan of Tyler whatsoever. I think Tyler is a terrible person. And I know that if Tyler does not get put out... And he needs to get put out early. If they let that man stay there, then I will, I would have to praise that man because he is a threat. He is a legit threat. And if they do not get him out soon, he will win the game. If he's there at the halfway point, he's going to win it again. People, uh, people in the house, they just like the kid. And then they realize that he's dirty and a snake. Well, it's already too late. They're already in uh, the sequester house. So, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, Tyler's just going to go in there and be charming Tyler. Uh, lifeguard Jesus, as I heard him called. And, uh, yeah, they, oh, please don't let them sleep on this man. Get this man out. Now, here's another person. I'm Now, you're probably going to say I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Because, no, I'm not, I'm not a hypocrite. Because Tyler was a snake the entire time. But Ian Terry played a great game in the season. He knew when to lay low. He knew when he had to make moves. He knew and, like, he was very decisive about everything he did. Calculated. 
moves where he made sure that he had proper jury management. He made sure that, you know, he he looked at the risk and rewards for everything that he did. I mean, he got Mike Boogie out of the house. Not only did he get him out of the house, he told him, I'm the one that did it. Which is great. So this, as of this point, I tweeted, who's going to win this game and why is it in? So then we got Kevin Campbell, non-threat. He's going to be a floater. He's not going to do anything in the house. His Whoever he aligns with, he's just going to be the sacrificial lamb. Uh, that That's all I'm going to expect out of Kevin. And um, Enzo, Enzo's going to be Enzo. Enzo, he's going, he's going to be strategic. He is going to try to play the social game, but not be that great at it. He's going to be okay in the comps, but he's not going to be a comp beast. Um, I think he is going to be a great shield for one of these bigger characters. Uh, so we'll see how that play that plays out this season. So this group goes in, and Ian is the first, easily, hands down, first person to finish the comp, followed by Kevin, ironically. Um, and they both advance to the HOH competition later on. Julie hints to a twist that will keep two house guests safe. Group three. Now, remember I told you I, I tweeted out that who's going to win this game and why is it in? Well, this next group of ladies totally made me rethink that. I may have spoken too soon. The next three, you had Janelle Perninza. I'm, I'm uh, butchered that last name, I'm pretty sure. Perninza, Perninza, Janelle. We got Bailey Dalton. We got Nicole Anthony. And we got Keisha Smith. Now, Keisha Smith, who? I actually had to look her up because I didn't remember her at all. To me, she's a non-threat. But the next three are ones that people in the house are definitely going to have to look out for because you you get, how do I word this? Beside, like Bailey, Bailey can be a comp beast because I've learned that watching her in the challenge. She can go in there and she can make things happen. If she can control her emotions, and Laura, please don't cancel me because I'm telling a woman to control her emotions. I'm talking about the last two times she was on the show when she was on Big Brother and she had her big explosion with Tyler. When she was on the challenge, the last season of the challenge, she had her big blow with Casey. I need her to keep her cool. She needs to keep her cool and stay focused. Because when those things happen, she goes off on those, ta- those tangents. That makes her look really, really bad. And I think at that point, that's when people really start to you know, target her. I mean, in the Big Brother house, that happened when she was on her way out the door. But, you know, because she was focused on so many things, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Swaggy. But, you know, that was a distraction for her. And then next thing you know, she looked up, she was on the block and realized that she was going home by one of her alliance members, Tyler, who I can't stand. I don't want to talk about Tyler no more. But Tyler, you know, basically sealed her vape. So, yeah, needed to keep it cool. Janelle, Janelle, I believe she has the records. Yes, yeah, she has the records for the most... 
competition wins in a single season. Now, she hasn't been in the game for several, several years. So, you know, and she has a lot of things going on in her life. So, is she still the comp beast that we think she's going to be? I sure hope so because she has competitions down. She is a great strategic player. She is a great uh, social game player. So I, I think she's, she's the total package. And she always gets to the end. She always is the bridesmaid and never the bride. And I would love for her to pull it out this season. Her and Ian. All right, those are my two. Those those are my two main picks, but I'm not going to sleep on Nicole Anthony. If you remember Nicole Anthony, the season that she was on, she had her back against the wall for like the last four weeks of the show. Like they were coming after her, she was able to get herself off the block. She started to make moves in the game, and she actually ended up, if memory serves me right, I believe she ended up being the final three that season. And she just couldn't pull it out for the final HOH competition. So we got three three bad chicks, all right, that's, that I think can easily win this game. So, yeah, that's what I'm really excited about this season. So uh, Nicole is the only one to advance out of this group. Bailey got so close at the buzzer, but she didn't make it. So then we have group four. Group four was kind of interesting because you had Kaser Rada, which I probably butchered his name. Sorry, Kaser. Uh, Cody Califore, which I don't know if you remember, Cody got all the way to the end with Derek Lavasser, and then people say that he gave it away to Derek Lavasser. In a sense, he kind of did, but at the same time, I respect his loyalty. And um, so, to me, that means a lot more than winning the game. But, you know, it, it's nice to, well, I mean, not having loyalty and having an extra $500,000 in your pocket. I mean, it, it kind of changes things a little bit. But, in any event, uh, Memphis Garris, which, God, it's been so long since I remember Memphis playing. I actually had to refresh myself on it. Uh, and then David Alexander. So I don't know if you guys hear those crickets, but David Alexander. Now, I knew he was immediately because I remember what he looked like. He was in a fairly recent season. Uh, but why is David Alexander an all-star? Because he went home. Uh, was he first? Yeah. He was in the – he ended up getting nominated by Tyler, I believe. It was, no, it wasn't Tyler. Uh, it was Mickey. That put him up, and he ended up having to. I kind of ended up being like where I think the first four that went home ended up in like a battle back. Um, everybody was kind of rooting for David, and um, David ended up losing the battle back. I think that's. I can't remember the older gentleman, but I think he was the one that won that battle back. Um, but yeah, in any event. I I hate to say this, but I really think David is there for two reasons. One, I think because he was one of the fan favorites. I mean, when he sat there and and cried, basically, 
not, not, not like weeping, but you can tell that he was really, really sad that he wanted to be in this game for so long and to really not have a chance to play it and kind of felt singled out because it was all minorities, I believe, that was nominated with him, with the exception of uh, the older guy, and I wish I could remember his name. I could picture him, but I can't think of his name. It's going to come to me before this episode is over, hopefully. But I think David might be the token guy, but at least he has a good story. Again, personally, I like David. Um, I think the cool thing about David is probably what happened to him on that season is probably the best thing for him. And this is why I say that. is because, one, people are going to underestimate him because they did not get to see what he can do in the game. He seems like one of those types that sits there and he can read a room and he can kind of tell you know, where he can exploit certain things about certain people. And I think he's one of those people, and if he is, I think he's going to do very, very well this season because everybody's going to uh, overlook him, basically. Kaser. I was a big fan of Kaser in his season. Now, I don't know if just because I was, like, really young, but I thought he was a great player, but when I went back and watched the season, I realized that Kaser really wasn't a great of a player. He actually was, I don't remember him being great at competitions. Uh, I think he had a good social game because he knew who to align himself with. But, yeah, Kaser's a, I don't want to say he's a wild card, but he is definitely, he's definitely going to be somebody to watch. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to do well, though. But we shall see. Memphis Garrett, uh, I think he's one of those throwaway guys. I, I don't think he might probably he might end up being a floater. Yeah, he might end up being a floater. I don't see Memphis doing anything of value. So those were four. Memphis finishes first, followed by Cody, and they advance. So now all the four groups they finally get to meet each other. And then Julie says the first big twist is going to be announced. And the first HOH will be played. Uh, they play the HOH, and Cody wins the first head of household. So the way this game was is everybody who was part of the competition, they had to go in the back, and they come out one at a time to the backyard where they had to start on this like these, these pedestals. And they had to run across them. Some of them were solid. Some of them were not. So if you stepped on one that wasn't, you would fall off because it's not stable. So Cody flies across this thing. This thing and I think he got it done in about, I think it was like 22 seconds. And he was actually, I think he was really like the third to go. I'll let me look on the notes right here. Real quick. So Memphis went first. His was a minute 22 seconds. Cody was 22.6. Christmas goes. Uh, her time expires because at this point, you if you don't beat the person who's number one's time, you, of course, you're expired. Now, whereas these people got eliminated, they had to take these envelopes. So there were like 
uh, what was it, four envelopes, five envelopes. Uh, so when Christmas times expired, Memphis had to take an envelope, then Christmas took an envelope. Kevin times out, he takes an envelope. Nicole times out, she takes an envelope. Ian times out, he grabs an envelope. Now, what's kind of funny about this is, one, Christmas goes and it absolutely freaks me out because I know she had her leg broken a couple seasons ago. And I'm like, can she really do this? Because there was, there was some scary times while she was running across that. And I was like, Lord, don't let this lady break her leg again and have to play the game with a cask on. Because that, that didn't work too well for her. Um, there were times where people would step on the same pedestal. Like, we're literally talking about the third pedestal. And you had uh, somebody, and I wish I could remember who it was. I think it was Nicole. She stepped on it three like three times. It's like, how many... This is supposed to be like a memory game. How do you not remember the, what the, what this was? Ian actually really did a great job. He just ran out of time, but he had a pretty good st- strategy as far as, like, I think he fell off once, and then he ran out of time. I think that's how that broke down. So Cody wins first uh, HOH, and then they do the envelope opening, and one of them has cash in it. The other one has have the other ones have the have-not cards. Uh, Ian opens his. He has a have-not. Christmas opens hers. She has $5,000. So that means that Memphis, Nicole A., and Kevin all have have-not cards. Now, what's great about live TV is it's live. And so anything can happen when you're live. And, of course, anything did Julie tells the people that are in the half-not half, half not room to make their way upstairs to the half-not room. The half-not room is upstairs again this year, and you have to go through the hallway. Then you're supposed to crawl through like a, I don't want to say a tunnel, but a tunnel. And it's supposed to have, it has like a, uh, kind of like an AC grate, I guess you can call it. They're supposed to open up so they can get into the room. However... Somebody forgot to unlock the door, which I find it fascinating in Big Brother that that was a problem because all of the doors, for the most part, are electronically operated. So something wasn't working right. They couldn't get into the door, so they struggled at that for a little bit on live TV. It was great. So they said they would show us the uh, the um, half-not room on this coming Sunday's episode. Uh, so... After that uh, awkward reveal, uh, we get told about the safety suite. Now, they said something about being able to save two people in the game, but they didn't reference what that was. So I'm assuming it has something to the safety suite twist. Uh, This will be revealed this coming Sunday. But Julie does tell the house guests that there will be new rooms that will appear to the house during the season, each room will twist up the game. Each player will be given a VIP pass to to the safety suite, and then no other details was explained to the house. Uh, Then Julie talks to us, and then she says that, and this is what I was kind of excited about, is there is a new way to prevent evictions that will be explained next week. So, what that means is, if you get backdoored, there may be a way to save yourself. So, I'm, I'm, 
I'm super excited for this season. I hope you guys are too. I'm going to come back to you guys this weekend with um, just kind of do some player profiles, talk about some of these characters, what seasons they were on, who they were more likely aligned with. Um, and I'm also going to talk about things that's going on in the news feed. I mean, there's things that have already happened already. There's alliances that have already been made. Um, there are people struggling for alliances. There are people that have easily found alliances. Uh, but I just kind of don't want to get into it since it's only really less than 24 hours since the live feeds uh, went live. So I think I'll wait till this weekend where I'll have more stuff to unpack and give you guys a full episode. Um, I'm assuming probably these Big Brother episodes are probably going to be longer than my traditional episodes. I still will be doing my reviews of movies and other TV shows and stuff like that. But right now, Big Brother is the priority. This is what you guys are going to get first. Everything else is going to come second because this this is my baby. I, I love Big Brother. So, um, again, I am also, those of you who are just now uh, listening to me, I am looking for a co-host. So, if you want to get into podcasting with me, if you want to get on here and talk about Big Brother, feel free to message me at xmcinemainquiries at gmail.com. That will be in the show notes. So, that's it. Wherever you guys are listening to this, again, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow me on XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.